0: No purchase necessary Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to coach unplugged. And now your host, Steve Collins. Hey
1: everybody. Um, Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Thursday. We're just going to do another replay of, of Ted. Like I said yesterday, we're just kind of doing this in memory of him. You know, he recently passed away um, after coaching a game and I can just see all the, the outpouring and all the love that, that's come in for him. And all I think sometimes we don't know all the lives that we touch, um, both as coaches and teachers and parents and community members. So um, I think this is a, a great thing um, to kind of play this in memory of Ted so I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome. All right, Coach Anderson, I'm going to have you um I'm going to have you introduce yourself and what i like to do is kind of have people for cuz most people I have on are teachers. So I would love you to kind of tell about your your teaching journey first, kind of how you got into it, kind of how it started and where it went. And then after that, you know, we'll jump into coaching, we'll jump into your side gig, we'll do all that kind of stuff. But I always interest in how people Kind of get into this into this uh, side hustle or this gig of we call teaching kind of thing. So
0: certainly, well, I uh, my my parents taught for sixty four combined years at Baser High School, uh, so I was a I was a teacher's kid and had did you know, they meet there? No, they uh, they grew up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. They met there, and then okay. they. They both taught there in that district for sixty-four years.
1: Okay, my parents met. My parents. I'm I'm fifth generation. I think I might be the last one, uh, <laughs> just because of the state of affairs in education Certainly. right now. Certainly. Uh, so, which is sad. But my parents met in an elementary school. They actually got married in a gym, so you'll appreciate that. So yeah, you,
0: that that's really cool.
1: You can see the water uh, fountains in the backgrounds of their pictures. But
0: I was very, um, you know, I was very. I was around. I was around. Kid. I was. I've been at school every day of my life. Right. Five years old, even before that. Um, And my my journey basically began. You know, I knew I wanted to teach and coach. Um, I went to the gym with my dad every Sunday while he graded papers. And uh, you know, I grew up in the seventies and eighties. So when I was in grade school and middle school, I called every play at quarterback. Right. Had a lot of responsibility. Coaches gave you a lot of responsibility then. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, my teaching journey, I went to Pittsburgh State uh, in Kansas. And learned okay. uh, a lot about the game of football and uh, knew a lot of the things that we were doing in football when I was in high school was wrong. Right. Uh, and when I say wrong, it was more disorganized. Dennis Franchoni was a coach, most efficient. Probably the word I give teachers is learn how to be efficient. Right, um, you know, and I grew up in the '70s and '80s, which was good and bad. Uh, but I did, uh, you know, my student. Just to talk about teaching, my student teaching didn't go well at all.
1: No, mine didn't either. I walked. I did. I did part of mine in a in a middle school, and I walked into that, and I, I called. My, I remember calling my parents. That's when you had to call them on like a phone phone. Oh, certainly. And, and I said, I'm not going back into a middle school, like either it's going to be high school or I'm going to do something else. Like I ain't doing this.
0: Um, I was in a K eight building and I expected everything to be like it was when I was in grade school. And right. And, uh, but I was in a different place and my wife said my wife and I were getting married and she said, well, what are you going to do? If it's not any good, your first teaching job. And I said, well, I'll go try, I'll go one more place and then try to do something else. Right. Uh, but my first year of teaching was just unbelievable. Um, I had, I had great, I was in a, great. I had great kids and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a lot of problems. Right. Uh, and my second year was terrible. <laughs> and part of it was I wasn't very good. I had an right. extra prep and did some different things and, I wrote down everything I was going to change. And and after that, everything was fine.
1: Right. And the thing is, I, 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 this was one of my, I don't know if it's summary or summative, whatever. It's a year I'm getting, I got evaluated this pre- last year. And I remember sitting down with the principal and blah, blah, blah. We were, a lot of it was just small talk stuff. But I said, this was the first year. And this is the year, this last year was the year 30 of me teaching. Okay. I said, okay. I feel like I'm in my stride. And he starts laughing. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, the last couple of years have been the, I mean, I'm, I'll be 50, I'm 52. I, I said, I feel like I got this. Like, I feel like finally I can, like, I got a rep and it's taken 30 years to get to that point. Like how many classes have I taught to get to the point where it's like,
0: well, certainly no. and when I first, the, the building I taught in, I taught in a middle school that was very, very structured my, my first 16, 17 years of teaching. Right. And it, you know, and I thought I thought it was just, I thought it was great, but I only taught seventh grade, so I, ne- I only had the kids one year. They only had to put up with me one year. And now where I am, I'm at a K eight building. I teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And midway through that first year, I went, Oh golly, um, I'm going to have these sixth and seventh graders again next year. So you've got to you've got to make sure, sh- and that can be a good and a bad thing. Right. And it's turned into a very very good thing, but you, you better be you better be ready. Because whatever you allow in sixth and seventh grade, you know they're gonna they're gonna try to get away with more. And, and middle school kids are an interesting animal. People look no, at no, 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 no. I I well I, yeah. I, I take it as a lot of people
1: consider it the black hole of education. It is, but it is, it, it is just it, there should be an island. There should literally be an island where we send them, and then they come back when they're human beings again. From that, like certainly. It's, it's just so it's it's a tough stretch and it, it hasn't gotten any easier with social media and all the stuff we're throwing at them now it hasn't right. gotten easier right um, it's gotten harder I think
0: yeah um I agree. all right so right. so
1: you you stayed at the, you stayed there your entire career
0: well I was at val I was at Valley Center for 16 years or for 17 years okay and girls basketball coach there uh for 16 yep uh at the high school and uh, did a lot of football, and yeah, I stayed there, and it was great. But you know, some things changed, and I had a, uh, I had, a, and I had kids, and uh, things, especially in the boys. I'm a girls' basketball coach, especially right. in the boys. Things were going bad, and uh, we decided we decided to make a change, and right. uh, we came to another school that uh, I'd actually competed against and knew a lot of people there, and uh, we've been there for ten full years now. We just okay. finished year ten there and what do you what do you consider
1: the difference between coaching guys and because you've coached both guys yes, and girls. yes
0: sir um, being a guy is a different perspective obviously, but there's i I truly in the the six best years of my life or what probably changed me were going from being head girls basketball to being freshman boys basketball coach, and my okay. son was in the program too, and I did that for six years. I was by myself every morning from six to 7.30 in the morning, we practiced before school, and I had my 12 kids, Yep, and I actually realized, man, I, uh, I wasn't a very good head coach to my freshman coach, because we changed offenses and stuff all the time, and the ninth grade, the, the ninth grade's about teaching and just getting kids better at basketball, and when you only practice 90 minutes, you got to get You got to get a lot done and you got to learn to be efficient. So I'm I'm a better coach now. And a lot of it has to do with experience. It does. I mean, and
1: that's what I I have people, no lie. I mean, I probably, when we get off this, I'll have three things in my inbox. People ask me about coaching jobs, about this drill, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you just, part of it is you just got to go do, you got to give yourself as many experiences as possible. Yes. You know, it's like being a plumber. It's it's the exact same thing. We have a leak and we have a leak right now in our sink in our kitchen. So I'm literally trying to solve it myself. And I've been to the hardware store three times. Haven't quite figured it out yet. There might be a point where I have to call an expert in, but I'm going to, you know, all of it is giving me experiences. And I think all these things like, oh, I'm going to apply for my first job. I'm going to become a head coach. I'm going to coach in college. It's like, you know, all those guys have had thousands of experiences before they got to that point. You know, certainly. and that's what I would tell all the young coaches that are listening. It's like go give yourself as many as experiences as you can. You will become a different coach when you coach third. I mean, Beeline said. You mean the prime example? He's coached every level. Now he's now he's with the Cavs. You know. Yes. It, 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 he learned. Trust me, he learned something on every one, um, every level. He was that he did. You know, teach it. Go go, go volunteer and coach a fourth grade girls team, and then. Try to get on a varsity staff, and then try to do you know everything teaches you a little something. And, and I would say,
0: and and to to piggyback off that, I was the offensive coordinator at the high school at my school before, right. at the high school level, and we had a pretty high level program, and they got me to coach the third and fourth grade, right? Just to get them in a huddle and to line up, right? Is and and once you learn to do that, and then but it was it wasn't until my son was in fifth grade that we could functionally right, play football and then it was fun, but you have to teach it. <laughs> but it's a teaching
1: thing. It exactly. is a teaching thing. Now I'm not saying what I've read on and I've asked high level D one guys, they spend about 15% of their day coaching the game. They spent yes, about and That's percent I don't want to do that. No, I mean, they're, but some they're great. Don't get me real wrong. Those 15% they're good teachers and they have guys under them that are unbelievably te- great teachers. But the game is about teaching like my team can't set screens to save their lives i'm going to spend the next 6 months figuring out how i can teach them better how to set screens it's like we're horrible at it so i'm going to literally have to break it down to like a 4th grade level like here's where your butt should go here's how you should be set here's how you should come off it. here's how you i'm a,
0: it you know when i'm a bit, talking about screening i was just reading about that yesterday i am a big believer in we don't headhunt yeah. We position screens and make the cutter use it. Now, yeah. the screener, of course, needs to needs to have his feet set and be where you want. But the one thing that I just learned yesterday watching something is the cutter shouldn't make a decision until the screener jump stops. Right until the it stops, and then it, has a chance it, to to slip and all that. Yeah. And and you have to read what your defenders
1: doing. They don't read it. It's like yeah. go. I tell them it's like you're going 90 and you just saw the cop. So now you're going to slow down to sixty-five or seventy, and then you're going to get past the cop. And my guess is you're going to speed up again. It's like you got to read. I like that analogy. You got to read the situation, people. And the big issue I saw last night for the people listening is, but to where you want them to go. Yes. So
0: no doubt.
1: We had one of our contact days and literally they were setting screens and their butt was facing half court. I go, I don't want him cutting to half court.
0: Certainly. We you say shoulder blades to where they want him to go. Yeah. Bounce play that we send him to the corner.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so simple on that. Now, are you, um, now are you pretty are you pretty structured? No, we run read and react. Read and react. Um, okay. We're gonna put in. Uh, we're we're gonna put in a, a structured kind of high low. We stole some stuff from Virginia and a couple other places.
0: Yeah, the Virginia stuff's good.
1: Um, it is. So we've got some stuff in there. Um, you know, I wanted them to play. You know, <laughs> it's funny. And this is for the young coaches listening too. It's like, or even the old ones. It's like I used to run flex and swing early in my career. You know, we were very structured. It's, and that was when I had my best players out. You know, I had NBA guys at that point. But I had to, I had to slow them down and make them do some things. Now it's like we're not quite as talented, so I gotta, you know, give them some freedom. So it's harder to be predictable. Um, sure. But you got to change. If you don't, I
0: change. still think what I didn't understand though, because I ran flex and I've run. Uh, I ran Kelvin Sampson stuff forever. You still yeah. – even if you're structured, you have to play within the structure and still read within the structure. Right, and right. And that's what people – And you and have that's to adjust. Yeah. At, at the, you asked the difference between girls and boys. Girls, we – they like to know where the cuts are coming, but we also, you right. know, get some options off of it. So we're not, we're not a read and react, but we are reading – We we ran Underwood stuff this summer.
1: And that's good. I like that stuff. I like and that stuff.
0: I do. And uh, the pinch post I didn't yep. think I could teach, but it's it's been good for us. My
1: theory is too all the stats. I'm a stats teacher, I'm a math teacher. So everyone's shooting threes and five footers right now. So we're working on getting some, you know, kind of mid-range different things, kind of give different Here,
0: here's the stat I would like to see, because I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I don't know that people understand that a missed two-pointer how many times do you get offensive rebounds on a missed two-pointer right I think you get it I think you get a lot I think you get more I I don't have any I have nothing to back that up but I I mean I think if you've gone around somebody and shot a pull-up somebody's in the middle of rotation you got a chance to get an offensive rebound
1: it's an interesting I'm gonna do some digging on that that is interesting. Because
0: I, I never played with a three-point line. You Well, and you probably didn't either because you're 52. No, I never yeah. played with a three-point line.
1: College. It was in college. I did in college. I yeah, did in college. college. Okay. And it was. it's outside my range. Literally, I've lost like five games of horse to my players. Literally, five, in like 30 years. I never lose to them for two reasons. First Certainly. of all, I know, I know what to say to them to get in their heads. Certainly. And I can hit a 15-footer from the elbow with almost my – I I mean, I beat. I beat one of my former players two days ago eight i mean he had one i had one letter he had five we played horse and i almost beat him on a blindfolded free throw And they go what do you mean i said i'll blindfold on the free throw i've shot so many free throws i know what it feels like you line me up i'll hit it i missed it but it was really close i the thing is you need to know your specific range that's the problem is they don't know their specific range certainly They they get they get extended out um
0: and, and you know that's you know, funny you say that we have a we have a boys assistant that is he's 15 years older than i am so he's 66 right and every year we went to the state tournament he told those kids go stand and shoot five free throws before you do anything else because of the backgrounds that yeah. will you find your range because that's a, that should be a should be a range that you know
1: Right, I mean, I literally can close my eyes right now and feel a free throw. I can feel that distance, and it's like. But they haven't. figured, Going back to what I was saying, they haven't figured out that if they shot threes, I, they'd beat me every time. I don't, I don't have that range.
0: Well, I got that range because it was switch to the girls' program. You can shoot with a twenty-eight point five yes, ball. Yes, yes, that's different. I got
1: a, <laughs> <laughs> I brought a girls' I ball. Do. I could do it. Um. So all right, so let's let's talk about let's talk about um let's talk about your quotes. You have a couple. Okay. Quotes. Um,
0: um, you know, and, and I, the first one is mine. Okay. Uh, don't be in a hurry to go nowhere. If you teach at a middle school, those kids, I don't have a clock in my room. Uh, I refuse. And if they let me take the phone and the intercom out both, I'd let it, I'd let that happen. Um, but we have kids that try to clean up five minutes before the bell and they're sprinting to the door to go to the next class that they don't necessarily want to be in yet. Take care of the business where you're at. And that's straight off. Coach Wooden's be quick, but don't hurry. But I, I use it yeah. in the classroom, in the classroom, my number one quote, in, and my kids gave me a coffee mug with it. Don't be in a hurry to go nowhere.
1: Yeah. My, my grandma, my grandma Mac used to say, don't wish your life away.
0: Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's like, a great one. It,
1: and is, it is. She, you it I mean I got that was 40 years ago and I still remember that and it's like I do think you need things to look forward to I think you need to plan trips and do things Certainly. like that I always think that but I'm not like wishing <laughs> you know to retire I'm not wishing I
0: remember Superman is the only one that can besides our creator that could speed up or slow down right. by by flying around the world it's, right. no one else can do it
1: right um yeah so I love that so that, that takes care of one and two go to the next one coach you are um
0: Well, I think, and and if this is in business, when I heard you say side gigs, I didn't know how much this was going to have to do with coaching, teaching. It is. We'll we'll
1: get into the side gig thing in a second.
0: You're you're running a program, not a team. And I heard Bruce Weber, um, a a lot of people here in Kansas don't like Bruce. Um, Really? The Kansas State people don't. They're on him all the time. And part of the problem is he can't beat Bill Self, um, which he did this year. But... um, Here's, here's something that he did, and, and I, and I want to tell this story a little bit. I heard him speak when he was at Illinois and said, we cut corners to try to win that year, and that's what got us fired. They coached the next year and then got, basically got fired. And so when he came to K-State, he had, he had a pretty decent team his first year, but he had a kid, I think his name was Brown. He ended up transferring to Creighton. Well, he was a cancer. Right. And Bruce, there was a whole article in Yahoo that Bruce said, never coach to save your job. And he got rid of three or four kids and they had a bad year, but now they're knocking on the door all the time. And he, and now that he's older, he's basically said, this is my last job. I'm going to do it my way. Right. And I'm going to be successful doing that, or I'm going to get fired by me. right. Or I'm going to go. And fix- I think he's a tremendous coach. He, right. I still have his, uh, and I ought to print it off. Uh, he's, he, uh, he gave me what he calls his son's game, which is basically full court, three-on-three, 11-second three, shot clock, and he drew the whole thing up, and we run it, and it's a uh, great drill. I mean, – I'd love to see
1: like that. It. I'd love I, to see I, that.
0: Matter of fact, I'll take a picture of it and send it to
1: you. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's like – you know, I always tell people, I think there is some freedom when you get older, like, you know, I've won three state champ. I mean, I've coached so, long. I mean, if they, if they told me I couldn't coach next year, if that would have happened in my thirties, it would have been devastating. It happens now. Shoot. I'm going to dig out my boat and go fishing, you know?
0: Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go coach some, I'm going to go coach something.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I play golf, but I don't, uh, my, my body's breaking down a little bit. Yeah.
1: I, uh, yeah. I know. I, I used to golf before I coach. I don't fish even hardly yeah. at all anymore either. Um, so I love that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about let's talk about the side gig thing. So you were okay, saying because I personally think so. This is my issue. If you, I think it was I think it was even yesterday they were talking about how people. It was a USA article, USA Today article yesterday that basically was talking about how teachers, people think teachers have the summer off. Oh, I certainly. I haven't had a summer off in thirty years, um, because every teacher has every teacher just doesn't teach I mean certainly. and that was different I don't know if you agree or disagree but I don't know if that was that was different when I started that you know teachers didn't have two or three side gigs or side hustles when they started certainly uh, I've got like seven um this is the podcast and stuff is just fun but uh, you know that's you know that's what I want I wanted to hear what you had to say about the side gig thing
0: well I'm I'm lucky um my, my wife has a really good job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But,
0: and so you married you're,
1: up coach. That's what I always say. You married up. Good job. Yeah, my
0: parents you're taught up. both of, uh, my parents taught her mom. Um, okay. But uh, basically what I would tell you know, June is all basketball for us. We start the, the day after Memorial day and we have our camp. Um, the next week we have, we have summer league every Monday, uh, two nights and we work on, uh, they're in the weight room four days a week. Uh, two days a week, they go to basketball. Uh, if they're basketball-only kids, they can come in and shoot on their own Wednesday, Thursday. The other kids go to volleyball. We go to we go to one overnight team camp, which is at Pittsburgh State, my alma mater, played okay. eight games. And we also uh, played uh, one thing. Uh, they have a two-minute tournament down there. And one thing that I want to tell everybody and advocate for I say advocate for is you want to get better at special situations. um, You got to have a two minute tournament or, or, and I'll tell you how to do it at the end of your summer league games. But, and then, uh, and then we went to Hutch, which is Hutch community college, which is driving distance. And that's just a day deal. And so, you know, all we do is our, uh, our kids, we do most of our stuff in June. Um, And so I'm until uh, our moratorium, which was July, First through eighth, where you couldn't do anything or use any of the facilities. Right. You know, we did all basketball basically until the twenty-first of. You know, I did nothing else. I went to a clinic in Atlanta. I went to USA Basketball clinic in Atlanta, and I took my son, who is diving into the coaching world and okay. living. In my, and he's living in my basement. That's good for him. Uh, is he his, his he's twenty. He he's no even... no no no. He's gonna be an assistant coach at uh, Bethel College in Newton. So I'm trying to guide him a little bit. Now, uh, how old is he? He's 22. Yeah, I'm
1: telling you, man, he, for all the 20-year-olds listening to this, 20s are when, to, what the, when you should figure out what you want to do in your life. I, exactly. And I swear to God, I've told my son this, i told my daughter this. 20s is like, if you have to live on a friend's couch or live in, your, live in our basement, I don't care, t- figure it out in your 20s because sure. people will help you in your 20s. Yeah. They won't I, open doors for you in your 20s. They won't open doors for you and I anymore. Shoot. No. Um, so go figure out what you want to do, travel the world, figure it out because you have no responsibilities other than yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, and one thing, and I am, I, I do think that we are still lifetime teachers. I will help him as much as I can. I paid for his clinic and all that. Right. Uh, he's going up to play in a golf tournament and wanted extra cash right. this weekend. So right. that that's on you. Right. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to, he needs to learn that it. It's going to be tough working ladder being a coach so sometimes we have to say no as parents
1: right right yeah i'm not a bank i'm not a bank
0: (laughs) i will go work snow valley in uh two weeks
1: okay that's a great
0: that's great yeah i took eight kids last year and we we don't have any going this year but i still that's just it's a group of guys i really like and girls right that uh, so i'll drive up and do that
1: that's great yeah, so I, I think that, you know, I, I always say that a great side gig is like camps. A great side gig is, especially for young people, you know, if you're a coach or you're in that profession, I would I mean, in my 20s, I would spend the whole summer working different camps. I met so many different people. It opened so many different doors. Um, and that's what I did. I mean, I was like, I'd work Monday through Thursday or Friday. I'd go home for a couple of days, go back and do it a repeat. You know, you don't make a lot. But you learn a lot. Um, And I I think camps are are a great way to kind of tackle it. Um,
0: Well, the rules in Kansas changed. Um, We used to not be able to work with our kids at all. So camps were big. I went to a camp every summer. I went to overnight. I went to Heart of America. I went to KU. I always went to a day camp at Leavenworth. And I like that block of that's all you're doing for three days is basketball. And nothing else. The that's kind of changed around here a little bit. Kids kids aren't wanting to do that as much. Um, so I don't know. And I think you have to. I think you have to figure out what your kids will do and do a lot of that. Not that you won't work on fundamentals, but we played more games this summer. Right. Um, than we have in the past now we're pretty we're a lot more experienced
1: too right and I, I think I think you have to read your group like exact like some groups need to like I have a group coming up that needed to play a lot we're pretty I mean they didn't you know we still get them in the gym we the, Wisconsin changed the rules too so I think that was a good thing to to move it back into the high schools um to allow us to have some contact to allow us to do some stuff um I was, I think, was a great move.
0: Um, yeah, when I first started, uh, they could, you could only, you could only have three kids play together, or two kids play together, and then it was five kids could play together, but you couldn't coach them, and and so they'd get around on all these different teams, and and uh, that, you know, I, now that I have control of them, and I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. We're a, we're a public school with one Catholic church,
1: right?
0: Uh, so <laughs> I'm not necessarily teaching and coaching in the real world.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It does, it does, trust me, it does. Um, all right, so tell me about the books that you uh, put on here. Oh, certainly,
0: make, yeah. certainly. Um, you know, and I, I think I put down on this that they make, they make a lot more sense when you're older. I always say I wish I'd have read them when I was younger, but, um, you know, I don't know. Um, if I'd have listened to them, you know, my dad said, I, you know, I told you all that stuff when you were growing up, but the growth mindset's probably the number one book that has changed me a little bit uh, by Carol Dweck. And, and it's helped me as much on the classroom as it has on the court. We say good job all the time, yep. you know, and I know, and I know they did the deal on John Wooden his last year where the guys did the, they followed him around and, and did all of his positives, negatives and all that. But I tell my coaches, we are not going to tell we, – we need to tell them why they did a good job right. or what they did. Um, I, I've been around some kids that can run drills perfectly, and they try to please you and everything, and then they can't play because they won't exit their comfort zone. Right, right. And um, the only way you can get better is and, – and, and this goes along with the talent code of finding your sweet spot. Well, I means, think it also
1: goes back to the business part, like for you know anything in life – you know my you're gonna fail like the first couple of businesses i started were poof, you can hear the but you learned something from but it. i learned something it's like i learned that you know all right find find the minimal viable product spend the least amount of money to see if there's any interest don't you know, because the first time it's like having your first team you think oh we're gonna win it all it's like my your first business you think oh well what island am i gonna buy in the caribbean you know, you, you get this unrealistic expectation and then you have to learn like, well, okay, that's not enough. You need to be able to do other things to be able to, 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 Certainly. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that growth mindset. I, I, I tell, I always use the analogy, especially at camp. I said, I live about, you know, two miles from school. I said, do you think I can, I always ask my young kids, I said, I take a ball and I said, do you think I can dribble this ball to my house, which is about two miles? And they go, yeah. And I said, "When I get to the house, do you think I'm a better dribbler if I do that?" And they all look and they like, like, yeah, and they go, "Well, uh, no." I go, "Well, why not? It's because you're just walking and dribbling." I go, "Yes, because I don't push, I'm not pushing outside my comfort zone. If I did this as fast as I could or I took two balls and I did cross, you think I'd lose the ball sometimes? You think I could go all 2 miles and not lose it?" They go, "Well, no." "Do you think I would be a better dribbler when I got to the house?" Yes. It's like well, there's your answer, I applaud when they make the mistake. I swear to God, it's like oh, certainly good job and they look well, at me, like, what do you mean? I go y- y- you 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 want to push to that point of making a mistake and you should um, say good job to the, it's to the F and and you applaud effort yes effort. yes I said I'm not applauding the mistake I'm applauding exactly. the and I and I tell them why I said, that's it you're pushing yourself good job blah 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 whatever it is that specific thing that was a certainly. great but it's like, I don't applaud that you can dribble down and dribble back.
0: Okay, you haven't pushed yourself. Um, so and it was funny. Yeah. we uh, And we have what we call te- teach technique mode and then game mode, kind of, right. if it makes any sense. And yeah. any, we tell our kids, we try to do at least three reps of everything. Rep one is try to get it right uh, or is to learn it. Rep two is to do it to do it quicker. And then rep three is to do it faster than you think you can and and possibly make a mistake and then you know you that's called I call that finding your sweet spot and I don't and now with that what do you
1: call that I love that so the first rep well
0: we have teach mode teach slash technique mode so when we start a practice our kids know all I've got to do I put form I I give them a practice schedule every day and I'm going to put a note at the top and um Let me digress here and just for just a second. I put a note at the top that says that they have to read. Like the first day of camp, we had six seniors. Well, we had to have six seniors at six different baskets. Well, they didn't read the top because we started at five forty-five in the morning. Right. We came in and did (laughs) push-ups. Right. And then we got that squared away. But uh, we start with form shooting, and that's that's teaching technique. And then. Uh, so when you're doing teach, anytime we're in form shooting or our partner 26 drill or whatever our pre-practice shooting is, that's form and tech. That's, that's teaching technique Okay. So in teaching technique. You're trying to get it right. And we're going to say, okay, we're trying to get this right. So if I, if we're in a drill, let's just say what we call oddball shooting, which is our 15 foot come into the key and catch. The first time you're trying to go off your inside pivot foot, a middle school kid, they're trying to get the inside pivot foot, right, shoot, do it right. Second time, do it quicker. Third time, do it and see yourself break down. <laughs> right, so the first time you're just going really slow. No, not necessarily slow, but trying to get it right. Trying to get it right. So teaching tech, when, you're, when we're in teach mode, we're not full go. And then, and then I find in practice, and we, we will still do, we don't do hardly any five on O. And I'll tell you one reason. You said you st- I start off running flex offense. And after I I went back and watched the films, I mean I was 23 years old. We weren't screening anybody,
1: right? <laughs> we
0: were, so we've always put defense out there when we teach, but we also then we'll say, hey, we're live now, you know. So they have to know when we're live, just like in football, we're in thud.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing, life. yeah, yep, yep. And
0: you've got to remind them of that sometimes. So yep. that that's that's my so we have teach we have a teach technique mode, and then you know we have the make mistake mode. And then, you know, obviously game. Mode. So, okay. Um, and then I, I would say the one, the, the third book that I have on here and I don't know how many of you have read the four agreements by Ruiz. Um, but uh, here, this is the five. I just got the fifth. Can you see me?
1: I can't, I see a big T.
0: Oh, okay. You just see a big T. Okay. Well, anyway, I have the fifth agreement. But the fourth agreement is, uh, Tom. matter of fact, I was reading it before Tom Brady was. And basically, it it helps you as an individual. Okay. Basically, one of the quotes in there is, you know, like, the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. And that hit me very, very, um, really helped me the most. My first year of being a varsity coach, the second time around. I had two of the worst emails. I had one of the worst meetings and one of the worst emails I've ever gotten in the history of coaching. Right. And remember, don't take anything personally means whatever anybody thinks of you is their problem and not yours. It is. And, <laughs> and there's all sorts of stuff in this book. And I swear to God, here's what I tell
1: young coaches too. It's like, don't take it personal, Exactly. Um, you can't be rational with an irrational person. Certainly. <laughs> um, This is mama bear or papa bear coming out, which will literally eat you before they let anything happen. So they're not being rational at that point. So let them vent. Let them tell them their side of the story. But it's not – for the most part, I would say 97, 99.9% aren't personal attacks. They are literally like, you know, it's a mama bear with two cubs and they're trying to protect them sort all it is it, it literally is instinctual i think
0: well and if facts. you you know and then and i don't even know where i had that in here um and it wasn't on books but one of the one of the one things that um that i've always uh, you know I, are we going to get to successes and failures yes okay yes. well I'll, I'll talk about that when i get there I mean,
1: okay just, all right um so so that was your third book okay so um Your favorite favorite drill, favorite practice drill.
0: Well, if if I were going to do if I were going to do one, um, you know, we used to have to have tryouts at the freshman level. We had tryouts. We'd have twenty five kids come. We're going to keep twelve. You know, we've got about three. We're going to look and see how they shoot and all that kind of stuff. But see how athletic they are. Yeah, and to see how athletic they are. um, You know, and you can go do. We we had a few layup drills, but. The one the one drill we do is some people call it three on three continuous. I call it UCLA drill because it's a John Wooden drill. Okay. Um, three on two with a trailer continuous. Um, so you do the trail. Where, what do you? Where is the trailer we coming bring from? them in from half court. Okay. You know, okay. You yep. got the three guys and the two coming in, and we always start off. We always start off not letting them press.
1: Yep. Okay. Um,
0: and. And then to me, you can play that for 15, you know, for 15 minutes. If they told me you have one day to pick a team, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go watch them shoot around and see what their form looks like. Right. I'm going to watch them shoot a layup. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a rebounding drill because there are some kids that can just go find the ball. And then I'm going to, we're going to play UCLA. (laughs) And, you know, and it's full court three on, you know, or I would play full court three on three. Okay you know, and see, and see what the kids knew. And if I, so if, if I had one drill that I had to do and just teach out of, that would probably be it.
1: I think the yeah. game is a three on three. said that a million times. It It and is literally, I mean, every league until they're in almost late middle school, they should only be playing three on three. To be I honest, with you. This- you can't hide. You have to play. You can't, you can't hide. You have to be active. It's like, I, I make my guys play three on three. It's like, they don't here, do it. Enough. Here
0: is one thing that we did it. There are two drills that I have um, that, that we do at camp that I love and they're called, they're called bonanza. Okay. Uh, one of them is what we call shooting bonanza. Um, and I, and I ended up doing a three on three bonanza. So hang with me here for a minute. Cause some, you know how sometimes you have to go in and you have to, Pick teams and say, okay, Team One's going to play Team Two, and all this kind of stuff. When you have fifteen teams at camp, yep. So I'm going to get in. I'm going to put two teams in each basket. You guys, and I bet you've done this. Um, There's one basket that the winner stays. Yep. And they're going to shoot to. They're they're going to shoot against each other to three. Okay. You if you win at the Bonanza basket, you stay. If you lose, you rotate clockwise. Okay. All the other baskets the winner goes to the next basket and challenges the next team. Your your goal is to get to the Bonanza basket and stay right. there and win and you count the wins. So we did, th- when we do, we did, th- we did three on three at camp. And so we had, and I was in a small gym. So I had two, three on three games going on the side goals. The main goal was the, was the Bonanza basket. So if you wanted the main goal, you stayed, we played two baskets. Right. Or, or as soon as somebody got up two points, so, winners stayed at that main basket, and then you just kept rotating them, and then you you kept track of wins that way instead of putting them all out in a middle circle and saying – so, anyway, so those those are two, you know, I, I think the three-on-three. Three, and then we use Snow Valley cutthroat rules. If they're not up playing defense, you lost, you're out. Okay. If, uh, you know, if they don't square up, we right? use a dribble rule, all that kind of stuff.
1: All of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, do you have any of these diagrams that we could share with the listeners?
0: I, I – I can pro i I will work on it. Okay. I will work on if it. I need else, to put them on a
1: piece of paper, Coach. I'll I, I them will. in will. I will. Because well, what was the name of the other one that you mentioned that you were going to take a picture of? Earlier, you said you were going to send me. Oh,
0: oh I got it. Bro. Yeah, I've got. Oh, the uh, Suns game the the uh what and, and i and i'll take a picture of it it's uh okay write that down
1: is it sun like sun uh, in the sky no, or sun as, like no this? no.
0: as in suns as in phoenix suns it, it's oh, a phoenix Miami, sun. okay um okay. bruce weber called it sun's game and he diagrammed it for me okay uh, it's basically three on it, it's better than three on three continuous okay because uh, you can be anyway all but all uh okay. i will t- i will take a picture of that and. uh
1: That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'll share it now. I'll put that on the show notes along with your book. I put all that stuff in the show notes because usually people are either jogging or in the car or. Oh, I know. Oh, I
0: know. Oh, I know.
1: When when they're listening. So I'll, I I always put it all down in the. the,
0: And Steve, let me tell you something else that, that I think in teaching that we, most of us, you're 52 and I'm 50. I think you need to learn to embrace technology. Now, I carry a pen. The kids make fun of me because I carry a pen up here in my deal all the time, and I have a notebook.
1: Oh, but I have a I have a notebook too, the man.
0: Notes, but I'm telling you, I walk around the track every day while my youngest daughter's in weights, and I use my notes on my phone. And see, yeah. I
1: do, but it's like I think, that gets lost in the noise for me. I have this little black binder that's I, a I know, that the size to my hand. I, I have swear to God, and it's like. And it's like anytime I'll be walking the dogs, and it's like, oh, I like that. I'll write it down. I, I don't, I, don't all,
0: but see, I don't always have that with me. Yeah, it literally—it's my wallet that always come with me. The other thing I do with my in my notes is, like, for instance, I'm going to go to Jim Boone's clinic October fourth.
1: Yep, that'll be great. Clinic,
0: and so you can, if you take a picture of something, you hit download, and you can put it right into your notes instead of taking it and uh, trying to find it in your pictures. So where's Jim Jim Boone's where he's in Arkansas? He is in Arkansas now. He was at Delta state and
1: that
0: that just moved his clinic four hours closer to me. I've sat down and visited with him.
1: And you're where, and
0: you're where I'm in Kansas, right by Wichita.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, yep. okay
0: be, we have school long story we got yeah, i'm
1: school. not i'm not that i'm not speaking anything super close i'm in a, i'm outside of atlanta in september but that's not well,
0: and cool. i saw that and i am gonna try we're not gonna make it this year but my the seven are you speaking on the 720 sports group is that the no
1: i'm speaking of the legends one there's a key five one that's good too okay. that's outside of okay. atlanta Oh, um, okay mine's well, like september 14th i'm speaking of one in north carolina but that's absolutely obviously much farther too yeah
0: and you know. i I've, I've already flown to one and i'm going to vegas with my dad in the fall so i've
1: oh vegas
0: my my wife well just we're just gonna go sit in sports oh
1: well, that's good there's nothing wrong with the crap i tell people that I, I always tell i teach stats so i say you know craps is the second best game ever invented and they yeah. look at me like well mr collins what's the first and then i just look at them and then they all oh, basketball i go Yeah. There you go. You 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 figured out. I don't.
0: I'm not very good with stats or numbers, and but I can tell you everything that you can do on a craps table on the right side.
1: Oh (laughs) yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a it's a great thing. Um. All right. So tell me about successes and failures. I always like talking. Okay.
0: Well, and and you know it's you know it's funny you ask that. Um. And I. It's not like here. I only put down. Um, I put th- down three things for successes, um, right. being right about a kid, okay. being wrong about a kid. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you, you, you figured it out. Um, and, and you were right that that kid could help you in that situation. And then maybe cause we all, you have to project in your program. Sometimes, you might've been wrong about where a kid was supposed to be uh, or whatever, but the parents stuck with you. And I had a, I had a girl, my first year, her, you know, I took the program over my, uh, when she was a sophomore, that was just three, four years ago. And uh, you know, she was only a sophomore and I know she was, she was frustrated because there were a lot of kids getting moved up in front of her. Her junior year, she came off the bench, started a little bit, and she was the number two vote getter MVP her senior year. Right, <laughs> uh, right. we got a second in the state, and she almost single handedly brought us back to win it. And right. I and I was probably wrong about her. Yeah, but I was also on failures. Um, being right about a kid. Right, I had a kid. I had a kid at uh, I had a kid at my old school. <laughs> um, I I got so mad at him one day in eighth grade. I picked up a book and threw it all the way through the through to the other teacher's room, and I—I I, and he did a whole bunch of other stuff, and I said, you know, in my mind, something bad's going to happen to him later. He killed his parents, <laughs> but that's a failure. Being right about a kid is a failure. <laughs> right, it is. Being like, wrong about a, a
1: kid. There's a kid in my house that didn't play in the last game we lost in, when we lost in tournament. He lives in my house. He was a junior. It's like, oh, oh. and it's like – the the walks I've had and torn with between myself is like, did I not play him because he was my kid? Did I not play him because he wasn't ready? The, but the best thing that's come out of it is like he's like a
0: man on a mission now. Like, let me tell you what I, what I all year he played. I mean, he got ten, twelve minutes. But I was the freshman coach when my son, my son played. Var, he played five, well, six quarters a night his junior year on varsity. We right. can play six, and then obviously only varsity as a senior. But what I when 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 I released him to, to our head basketball coach, our head boys coach, and our boys program is tremendous, I said, and, and I told my JV coach this with my daughter, I said, listen, don't play my kid because it's my kid, but don't not play my kid because it's my kid. Right, and it's hard. I'm yeah. telling you, it is like,
1: oh. I'm, I got like 17 podcasts I'm going to do once he's out of the house. and go Oh, on. Certainly.
0: It's well, you ought to
1: have one on, on coaching your kid. It's so hard. It is so hard. I mean, <laughs> because it's like, it's like, there's two little people on your shoulders. Certainly There Certainly. are. And it's like, I think I've gone the other way, to be honest with you. I think oh, yeah. I'm, there's I'm, no doubt like, that we, and it's like, I, that's not fair to him. So it's like, ugh. so I have, I, just good got... assist, I have good assistant coaches. I have really good assistant coaches that will, Hey, we need him. Hey, we need him. You know? Cause he can shoot like my son can sh- like crazy shoot like well and mine could too
0: <laughs> yeah it's something about he coaches kid. Up. he can only spot up though
1: yeah but like Drew can spot up Drew Drew and he's taken his game to the next level over the last six months but it's legit like like the new NCAA 22, 23. awesome like awesome yeah and it's like whoa but and they'll, and they'll, it's amazing because the coach the assistants will go we need Drew we need Drew. You know, it's like, I'm going, oh, you know, it's like, because I'm looking at the defensive. It's like, oh, my God, it's so hard. It's so hard. But it's also been one of the joys in my life, to be honest with
0: you. Oh, well, and what I would say, <laughs> what I would say if you do that coaching your kid podcast, that, that and you always look back on what you could have done. My son was a great spot up shooter. I mean, I, I would put him against anybody shooting. Right. You know, we do the five spot, we do the shot, fake one dribble. He could hit everything. Now, had I been more, had I read growth mindset and talent code prior to him getting up to high school, both, both golf and basketball, he needed to exit his comfort zone. He wouldn't shoot with somebody in his face Yep. and he, he needed to take that next step. And I thought, I probably should have had him doing the hop step a little earlier. We yeah,
1: I, that's, the thing is that's where I've gotten with Drew now. It's like – no. uh,
0: I'm a one-two guy, but the same thing in golf. You got to be both. Uh, he was – I think – well, I think every situation calls for it. But he was, a, uh, he was a really good golfer too, and he was doing really, really well. But we needed to move him farther back. He never made it in college because he just – he couldn't take that next step right and we should have there's you gotta there's there's all sorts of walls you got to break through right but, but that's with any kid
1: that's any kid it doesn't matter if it's a coach's kid all right any uh any parting words coach I'm gonna we'll, let's talk about your blog and stuff
0: well you know I don't have a blog now I put stuff on Twitter all the time I'm at that okay. pick and roll basketball okay um and uh and then I'm on I'm on Facebook as well okay um, they can send me an email. I have all sorts of stuff that I'll send. I think I sent you our playbook. Again, I'm going to put that. I'm going to share yeah, that that's, with everybody. That's fine. Too. I can care. You know, it, and I hope all the coaches in our area read it and spend all their time worrying about me instead of uh, everyone else. Because that's one of the things that uh, I don't know. I'd say I'd say what uh, I'd I'd say what I would want to close with is, um, you know, make sure that uh, the key is owning your classroom in your gym. Cause that, cause I thought this was going to be more about like teaching in the classroom, right. You know, own your classroom. Um, and worry, worry more about your team than everybody else. Um, you know, know thyself, everything from Sun Tzu and all that kind of stuff. And, I, you know, and I would say my, uh, my last thing, and I, one of my favorite Chuck Daly coach uh, quotes is, you know, land the plane. Your job as the pilot is to land the plane without anybody getting killed. And, that, and that's what I tell our co- our kids. I said, listen, guys, I said, I'm the pilot. There's going to be some rocky roads, but we're going to get this plane landed and landed right. And I think my my whole goal, uh, and I heard this before I heard this guy say it on a USA coaches Clinic deal, is I want our kids to be crying because it's over uh, not because they lost their last game. I want them to be crying because yeah, I love their that. career is over. I mean, and and hopefully they got something out of it. But you you never know. You you have no idea nope. what influence you've had on them until 20 years down the road anyway.
1: Yeah, uh, And yes. hopefully
0: you've had some.
1: We've right, and hopefully it's a positive one. Yes. I, tell.
0: I I'm gonna... You don't want to be
1: a kid's last coach is always my thing. You never want to be a kid's last coach if oh. you can. And it's hard when you're a high school coach. Sometimes you just are going to be, but especially in the youth, I always tell my youth coaches, you do not want to be this kid's last basketball coach because that means they didn't have an experience that they wanted to come back.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Never be a kid's last basketball coach. You know, um, you know, there's a point where it's like only so many kids can play collegiate, not at all, but in the youth, you know, all that's all the studies, everything comes back about, are they having fun? Do they enjoy it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, no one's going to remember their fifth grade tournament in June ever. Oh. You know? <laughs> right. I know hey,
0: one other author that I, one other book that really did change me a little bit and I did okay. that uh, Bruce Brown is one of the best writers of how to coach and how to, how to treat kids. Okay. Bruce, um,
1: Bruce Brown you said?
0: His name is Bruce Brown and I have several of um I have several of his books and
1: um he's big on positive conditioning. What's give me do you have one name so I can look him up? I'll put him in the show notes. Bruce Brown is his and name. That but do you know a name of of one of the books?
0: Yeah, let me get more one?
1: one. There's probably more than one Bruce Brown on Amazon right. probably. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know it's kind of like Steve Collins you know there's there's lots of Steve Collinses um he's going to look right now is my guess I will put all of this hey, down in the show notes all the stuff hey, you
0: I will even I will it's positive coach he's in positive, positive coaching culture. alignment okay. and it's like coach you, you send that to me when you send the drills and I, I will I go. will okay. and I'll I'll try I'll take a couple pictures of the book but the one thing that he changed me on is, um, he talks about positive conditioning, and yeah. we are big on you get to condition. And conditioning is a privilege, right. so we do it if we do a drill, and like for instance, when we do our partner shooting, we're at six baskets, and we'll say or we'll say pair up, shoot to ten, and which is an old Bobby Knight deal. You just rebound your own shot. Right. So the first group in, they get to do one push-up. The second group in gets to do two, et cetera, et cetera. So we never have winners and losers. Right. We somebody just gets to do less. And one thing that we do in uh Oops. over Christmas during our boot camp is what we call boot camp, is we will uh the winners get to run get to run more. <laughs> so if you win your five on five drill, you get to run three down backs or whatever, or three links. And the second place team gets to run two and the third place team only gets to run one. <laughs> if that makes any sense.
1: Right. It does. So you're, so
0: you're, 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 you're using reverse psychology Technology. and you're also seeing who's going to compete, but we, we don't do that all the time.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's a great change up for that. I love yeah, that.
0: Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll take a picture of the book and say, okay, it. I appreciate he a, it. He has a drill called eliminator. I know we're getting ready to quit, but,
1: no, it's um, like I'm dinging. Yeah, yeah. I got I got it. one new. Um, thank you so much for uh, for being on, Coach.
0: And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you an email about your website too.
1: Okay. Awesome. Thanks.
0: All right, brother. Hey, right. appreciate it. Yep. Hey, where bye can bye. I find? Where can I find this? Find this. Yep. So
1: this is gonna be in a couple different places. I think I'm gonna put it on Coach Unplugged. Um, that will probably. Sports social podcast network